Hello, and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast I'm bored of. Let's go ride bikes. Today we're supposed to cover Exquisite Replicas, the game that is half fetishizing the internet community anonymous, and half dealing with a capgrass disorder as if it wasn't a terrifying and heartbreaking mental illness. You guys want to get a popsicle? I want a popsicle or some chili fries. Dude, chili fries. It's System Master. Welcome back to System Mastery. I am Jeff. Uh, that's John over there. Hi, John. Hello. And together we are Jeff and John, the podcast brothers. No relation. We are not related to any other sets of brothers. <laughs> or each other. Oh, shoot. You're going to derail that train, the idea yes. that we're, we're siblings? Yeah. I'm. It's opposite day for improv. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> no, but we are lovers. <laughs> <laughs> No butt. <laughs> That's right. We're lovers that have no butt stuff involved. I understand, John. No, we're lovers and we have no butts. <laughs> then how do we make love? <laughs> it's mostly hand stuff. <laughs> uh, welcome to Hand Stuff. I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Hand Stuff. <laughs> Lotion. Lotion. Is it worth it? Or do you like it dry and reddening? <laughs> do you, do you want to get all chafed up? So, uh, so this week, uh, what's wrong? Oh my God. Just, just this book. Yeah, I know. It's not an especially inspiring volume. I think that's, that's going to be a problem for us. I, uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm probably not going to do a very good job of it, but I'm going to try and stay not angry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a little slight. It's like, there's not that much to be angry at really, but ultimately this is a game that, that sets out to do one very, very specific story. Yeah. And I think it tells that story fairly well. The problem is that, you know, it really comes down to, do you think that is a good story? Yeah, that's that's one of those things. I mean, yeah, you don't want to have... Well, I mean, you might want to have something like a GURPS or Hero System or whatever that's very generic and you can do anything with. Yeah. But even with ones that are more specific, you know, even ones that are just like, uh, this is like a city or... A setting or something like that. Yeah, like a city. Yeah, like Haven. Of violence. I don't know why you're interrupting me. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! We're hauling all the good stuff out of cold storage. John, do you want to make a Cheese Dudes commercial? I would love to make a Cheese Dudes commercial where a donkey talks about hot dogs. (laughs) That sounds amazing to me. Let's play all three of those theme songs at once. (laughs) Let's let's perhaps not. (laughs) Oh, fair fair enough. (laughs) All right, so anyway, the the episode that we are doing this week is covering Exquisite Replicas, a role-playing game that is about anonymous, kind of? I mean, like, they call themselves anonymous, and they wear that doofy Guy Fox mask. Well, I mean, not all of them do. They have to wear a mask. Well, all the, the cool ones are wearing Guy Fox masks. Let's put that right there. Well, the I mean, the, the thing that really also gives it away, aside from it being called The Anonymous, is that... Uh, they also all wear like the same nondescript black suits yeah, in addition all, to masks. They all wear cheap black suits and Guy Fox masks. And here's the thing, though. They are not on the internet threatening to release Hillary's emails. No. They are on the streets fighting invisible monsters. And monsters the book, that look, Invisible Monsters. And, and monsters that look just like you. Yeah, and me. 
and and John. Yeah, mostly like me. Well, that's John, it. that's because <laughs> that's because you've been replaced by an invisible evil monster, and even you don't know. Even that, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about this book. Okay, so here's the plot in thirty seconds of this game. You ready, John? Put start a clock. <laughs> no. All right, John. But <laughs> <laughs> come on, man, do something today. <laughs> don't don't ask me to do things. It's too hot to do things. <laughs> Fair. All right, so plot in 30 seconds. In this world, uh, there is an evil alternate dimension where monsters known as the Surgeoneers are making perfect copies of things here on Earth for weird, unknown reasons. They show up here on Earth via, via holes cut into space by little black balls called the Black Eyes or something like that. Uh, when they do that, they then show up, replace things with things from their own universe, and take the things from our universe back to their universe and pile them up into huge piles for no reason. They, they do this with random objects as well as with humans. The humans they do this to do not know that this has happened to them. Uh, and the the collateral humans that they bring in don't know that they're, like, fake. I think, I think you're at 30 seconds. All right, Man. done. Stop. So next 30 seconds. Anonymous has to stop so, them. So then <laughs> John, take over. Uh, so a crazy guy comes up to you and he yells in your face and now you can see the invisible monsters that are taking people. Okay. So it's, they live. Yeah. But, it's, but, it is a, it's a weird, like anonymous meets. They live with a very healthy dose of capgrass delusion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how we're supposed to pronounce that. I, I always go with capgrass. Capgras. Capgras. Like, it's French, so every every consonant is not pronounced. Yeah, that or it's like Klingon. Klingon is Capra. <laughs> yeah, you've got that Capla disorder where you're always yelling about honor and you bug your eyes out real bad. Yeah, it's yeah. just real bad. Real bad. And you eat ba- staring Klingon. Just big old bulls of weird worms. Mmm, baby, that's my type of dinner. <laughs> big old bowls of worms. So, the Capgras delusion, or whatever John's the Capra, the Capois. Yeah. It is the ShamWow delusion. It is the most well, probably one of the more terrifying things that can happen to your brain. Yes, it's a, it's a way that your brain can break in a terrifying fashion. It is the d- delusion that someone you know or multiple people you know have been replaced by perfect imposters. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the people that suffer from this, it doesn't matter, you know, what you tell them or anything like that. They'll, you know, you can wake up one morning, turn over, look at your wife or husband, and be like, oh. Uh, you're not the person I married, and not in the same way of which normal people do, and then they go, I'd like a divorce. Yeah. It's, oh my god, you're some weird replica. And the thing about it is, it's not they're acting different, or it seems like there's something wrong with them. You just get this thing in your head where that's not the person I actually know. Yeah, it's it to me, it feels, I mean, this is way more horrible than... than, than uh I mean, the cop crowd delusion is way more horrible than what I'm thinking of. But it's like whenever I'm watching TV and I get it stuck in my head that their lips aren't matching up with the sound. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't see anything now, but how their lips are slightly not matching up with the sound. And it's the only thing in my head. And you can tell me, no, it's matching up fine. You're just crazy. And I'm like, no, no, their, their lips aren't matching up with the sound. All of this is off by like a split second or something. Huh. The sound and the video aren't matching up correctly. But this is just, you know, way more horrible than that. Yeah, it is a just a terrifying thing and so this game is basically that as a game which this is why i was saying it's going to be hard for me to not be angry the whole time because that's that is a sort of a fucked up thing to make a game out of though i assume they have never heard of it is my is my thing i assume the people who made this did not know that that was a thing 
Yeah, welcome to my game, Savage Replicas. It's about Anonymous having to fight off Crohn's disease. <laughs> That's a re- there's a thing they would no one would make that, would they? Because that would be a horrible thing to make. But apparently, it's okay to do it with mental disorders. Yeah, which so characters in this also have mental disorders as well. Yeah, it might as well just be like your charisma stat instead has been replaced with paranoia and violence and immorality and the associated insanities that come with them yeah no matter what like you have these three insanity stats Mm -hmm. and then you take the average of that and that's your mental imbalance stat yes but you also get a like some form of mental disorder based on what you have so you can have things like anxiety disorders or, like, severe codependency on people, or, like, horrible nightmares, or things like that. Parasitism, where you spend all your time taking from other people. Yeah. So, the yeah, the whole thing, uh, at least the section on those stats and things says, oh, if you're not comfortable doing this, you know, you don't have to. The problem is, like... That's, like, a third of the game. Yeah, a lot of the roles are based on these stats... And the game uses uh, tragedy points as their, like, fate points or brownie points or whatever. Yeah, your your extra bonuses to rolls via points that you spend. Yeah, and those are given out on the basis of what your mental imbalance is and how well you are role-playing being crazy. Yeah, so removing it from the game is basically like saying, hey, you can play this game if you want by, uh, I I don't know, not playing it? Yeah, be like, oh, you know... If you don't like the fact that dexterity is king in a white wolf game, just take dexterity out of the game and change nothing. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> I roll to hit that guy. Uh, what, what do you roll? Well, I guess you just roll your skill then because yeah. that stat doesn't exist. <laughs> I missed again. What do you know? Huh. Stupid guy who's using dexterity. Yeah, it's, it is just real weird. Yeah, so... There are a variety of... Basically, the way that the game's mechanics work are fairly simple. There are three or four things that you can choose which which uh, priority order you would like them to be in. It's kind of like, again, like White Wolf, when you have to choose which one of your stat arrays gets the most points. Yeah, except this is it's phys- two stat arrays and then two sort of skill arrays. Yes, so there's physical attributes, which there are four of, and they're, pro- they're pretty much exactly what you think they are. They're... What, uh, strength and agility and constitution and... Coordination. Uh, coordination, thank you. So ranged versus uh, hand-to-hand type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then there is four mental attributes, which is a different category for prioritization. Uh, and that includes intelligence, will, uh, perception, and I don't know, probably socialize. <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact statistics, John. Do you? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure I do. Hit sure, I'm not, I'm not grabbing the book as we speak right now. <laughs> well... I gave it to you a week and a half ago. I, the fact that I remember the name of this book should be celebrated. <laughs> uh, knowledge, intelligence, awareness, and will. Fair so enough. Knowledge and intelligence are distinct categories. Oh, good. Thank goodness that those are distinct categories. Yeah. The other things you can do is you can put uh, priority to either your occupation, mm-hmm. which uh, the way skill works in this, for the most part, you have a uh, job that your character has, or you know, if you're spending a lot of points, you can get multiple jobs. Had, by the way. No, you can still have them. Yeah, but you're not going to have them for very long because this is a game about descending into total insanity. Well, yes, but uh, you know, half the rules are about what it's like to be homeless. 
True. The uh, the various occupations you can get cost certain points depending on how useful they are. Right. So if like you want a one point job, it might be Baker. I'm a, I'm a businessman. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't really have any skills that are pertinent to being a weird dude in a mask that fights invisible monsters as a businessman. Because what you do is when you would roll a skill, you would look at your profession and whatever rank it is, you would use that as your skill rank. So yes. if I was a, uh, let's say, a police officer. Which is a rank five skill because it has a lot of useful things. Yeah, so I would be, I'd have skills in, say, firearms and hand-to-hand as well as investigation, like investigation driving, stuff like that. So yeah. any of the uh, occupations you have just tell you if this occupation could relate to a skill role you're doing, mm-hmm. use it. Yeah. Uh, and then they're ranked one to five for how useful they are. And a rank three is homeless, mm-hmm. which, uh, great. Glad to know that. Well, yeah, because it comes with scavenge and, and uh, sensing people up, things like that that you're going to need in order to survive your new life as a crazy person who is afraid of invisible monsters. Yep. So and uh, street survival. So you pick one of those, you have to pay the points to get it, and then you can pay extra points to get more levels in it. Yes. So, so. There, are, there are two categories that follow the two stats that need prioritization. One of them is, is careers, and then the other one is bonuses. Yeah, the advantages, which is then further broken up into three things you can get. You can spend points on. Yeah, one, the first one is aptitudes, which is making your skills better than they already are or buying skills that are outside of your job category. Well, those are two different things. Oh, I'm sorry. Because right. aptitudes is I'm making something that I already have as my career better. Yes. So I could say, oh, I'm a policeman at rank one, but I've got an aptitude with guns at two, so I'm a total of three at firearms. Yeah. And then uh, extracurricular skills, which are skills you can buy individually as opposed to buying career packages. Yeah, so you could be a businessman that also knows how to drive real good. Yes, and then the last thing you can spend inside of that, at, that's uh, bonuses or aptitude, whatever they call it, uh, advantages package, is gear. So this is an important distinction. The monsters from the other side of, of, the, of reality are more easily wounded by stuff they made themselves. Yeah, so, so. if they replicate a baseball bat and you hit them with that baseball bat, it does more damage than a baseball bat from our world would do. Yes, so if you want, you can buy starting treasure that is stuff made from the other world that you can carry around and use to beat up these monsters. Uh, Up to and including buying guns with bullets made in the other world, although those are very expensive and rare, uh, and and even then probably not a great investment because you do start with a finite number of bullets. Yeah, the uh, getting a package of that is 50 bullets uh and the thing to note is you can buy a gun for only three points it's four points if you want the bullets though and the reason is because the gun itself is only going to do extra damage if you pistol whip them because it's the bullets that are hitting them and if that's not replicated over there then it doesn't matter what gun you use yeah so you could put whatever replicated bullets into a gun from here and it would still be fine yep Okay, so stats, all the eight stats that your character has range between one and five, with one being, uh, like, disabled and five being Ultra uh, Olympiad. Uh, There is no exceeding the numbers in this game. So if you're a human, those are your absolute max and minimum stats. You can't go above or below. Yeah. Uh, So all your stats range between one and five. If you put priority one in your stats, all of them start at one, and you get nine more points to spend on your remaining stats. So... If you say, I put my first priority of the four priority choices I have to make into physical statistics, then you start with a one in all four of your physical statistics and nine points to spend to improve them. Yeah. 
now the uh, all of your skill selections or uh, point selections go down by two for each priority. So you start mm-hmm. at nine and then go seven, five, three. Yes. So, uh, for example, if you put your uh, your advan- your occupation as your final priority, you are only able to take one three-point career. Or be like, I've got a one-point career, but I'm level three in it. Yeah. Or two. Yes. No, three, because you'd get two extra points. Whatever. Yeah, so you could be really good at being a banker, but who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, so that works the same for all of them. So, for example, advantages gives you nine points to spend on advantages, which is enough to bump up a couple of skills, buy yourself an extracurricular skill or two, and buy an interesting weapon. Yeah. If you were to happen to make it your number one priority, which I can't imagine why you would. Uh, well, it seems like you should probably be going mental, physical, uh, advantages, occupation, or occupation advantages, your choice. Yeah. I mean, the advantage thing, you're probably either going to be like, I want to get a weapon because I'm a dude who likes fighting, or you'll probably just go, oh, you spend it on doing one of my skills better or works, something. Yeah, it would work perfectly fine to put it at your bottom category and just up some of your skills and then take the uh, the third priority for occupation so you can have one five-rank career. Yeah. Because that way you can still be a cop or a private investigator or a burglar, which are the three example careers that are five-point. Uh, or I guess you could be like, what's your career? I'm El Suto, the monster-fighting luchador. <laughs> Great. I wear a black suit and a mask, and I fight invisible monsters. How many points do you think this career is worth? Uh, three. <laughs> uh, did I mention I am also a private eye? Dashing sex private eye with a PhD and kicking invisible monster butt? Hold on. He has a, a, a private eye just for sex? <laughs> yeah, he has a dashing sex private eye. He has, his eye. he has sex privates, first of all. Yeah, he has a sex private, and yeah. it's an eye. Yeah, he has a sex private eye. That's the guy's last name. That's what's happening there. I <laughs> Sex private eye, get in here. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm a sex private eye. Sweep these floors. I <laughs> Wait, you're making him like a sea captain. Yeah. Now 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 it's just with a comma, I'm a sex private eye. <laughs> How's he even a private in that situation? That's an that's an army rank. There aren't privates in the navy. Yeah, well, uh, you don't know about weird mask suit Navy. <laughs> the, the weird mask suit Navy. Yeah. Otherwise known as the Juggalo Cruise that I assume exists. <laughs> oh my god, how much do I want to be on a Juggalo Cruise? I don't know, like, not very much? Like, kind of a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what part of the boat is the part of the boat where you buy drugs. Because you know the ecosystem's going to develop, like, immediately. Oh man, I can't, I can't imagine how happy the porters would be for a Juggalo Cruise because the amount that they would get bribed to look the other way for people smuggling shit in would be astronomical. Oh, that is super true, yeah. They would like, just be like, oh, this is this is my favorite time of year. It's fucking Christmas come early. No one tell them that the moment we're 12 miles offshore, they could just do all the drugs they want. All the drugs. <laughs> no one say that to them. They need to keep thinking this is illegal because I am raking it in in greasy, <laughs> sweatband-tucked fives. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... <laughs> So exquisite replicas. <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, once you've picked your uh, primary through quadrinary selections, I think it's quaternary, right? Not nah, quadrinary. Okay, sure. I got to work on my quadrinaries. <laughs> I think that's true. I think Quadrinero is one of the na- the names of one of the guys that was a. Uh, I'm pretty sure racer. Quadrinero is the real name of El Suto. <laughs> El Suto, otherwise known as Ben Quadrinero. <laughs> That just makes him even weirder, because Ben Quadranero is one of the weird-looking podcast racers from Phantom Menace. Wow. Well, I, I know that because... He's a podcast racer? Yeah, he was a podcast racer. <laughs> Shit, why didn't we name our show that? 
<laughs> That's so good. Oh, God. Our new Star Wars show should have been called Podcast Racers. Yeah. And then everything would be fine. And I could just be like, hello, I am Sibulba. And I am super mad that I walk around on my feet, hands and use my feet to jack off. <laughs> I am also super mad that you do that. <laughs> well, I'm doing it right now and it's a problem for you. It is super a problem for me. <laughs> I wonder if uh, every Sibulba thing is like a foot fetishist too. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, look at your sexy feet that you use to walk instead of to eat food like me, Sibulba. <laughs> By the way, I can't do a real Sibulba <laughs> impression, so I'm just doing Pepe Le Pew. I wonder, like, would he then have a hand fetish? Because it would be like other people's foot fetish, because that's his feet. Look at these delicate hands that have never been used to walk on the ground. Oh, it's so hot. That is exactly what I, Sibulba, like. You're getting Frencher as it goes. Yep, that's what I'm saying. I just associate his voice with Pepe oh, Le Pew. I am Sibulba, how you say. Oh. <laughs> I shall hope that a stripe of white paint falls across your perfect and delicate hands. <laughs> <laughs> so exquisite replicas. Ex- Quizzit replicas. We gotta quit wasting the Star Wars material because we need it for the new thing. <laughs> hey, so John, how do you how do you even play this game? Like, what do you do with all these numbers once you have them? Uh, okay, so it's all D10 based. Anyone who has uh, played any of the White Wolf or listened to our, any of our reviews are gonna know that most of the stuff is just sort of stat plus skill in D10s yes, and roll yeah. that. So anywhere between two and ten dice. And uh, what you were looking for, though, is the opposite of what you would normally have, because that's their big inventive thing in any game, is to swap what number you're looking for. Yeah, it's roll low. Oh, my goodness. But it is, if you roll a one, you get one success, and if you roll a two, you get two successes, and everything else is nothing. Yes. So, effectively, uh, if you want to hit a guy, uh, the, his dif- the difficulty to hit people is set by their agility or something, but most tasks in the game is uh, a-, a two. Like yeah. they, they said that most most tasks up to the point where they start getting difficult, you need two successes. Yeah, like ridiculously high end things are like five successes to do, and that's Which like makes sense, crazy hard, and it would be. Uh, most White Wolf games have at least four of the numbers are going to be successes. Yeah, seven, eight, nine, and ten, and ten counts as two successes. Yeah, so or, I mean, even in the ones where it doesn't count as two, it at least gives you a re-roll or does something. In this one, you've only got two of the numbers yeah. that do it, and at that point, the chances of you succeeding at anything, unless you are rolling like at least five dice, is so minimal. Yeah, yeah. It's just disheartening as a dice mechanic. It's yeah, like- the fact that everything is already super badass, and then... You are rolling dice that are just not going to come up with successes. Yeah, and a lot of the monsters are like, how many dice does this thing have to punch me? Oh, like nine. Oh, good. Great. Oh, great. So it's got more than I'll ever get? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Can I level up? No. All right. No, that's not a thing. No, good. Good. Great. Loving every second of this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, once you've gotten all of your uh, your stats and your skills and everything out, your just about set. Yeah, one more thing you got to note is your hit points. You have 20. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's there's nothing else. Uh, you just have your HP, which is 20. Uh, and then this book goes on about its setting information forever. Like, it starts... The book starts with the, like, in-character introduction oh, story. so annoying. And it's 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 done by like an old lady that wants to give Zelda a lantern. That's the kind of voice it's written in, even though it's written by a modern day homeless woman. 
yeah, so the the whole thing is like, hey, I'm DM is her title. Yeah, with a bunch of numbers after it. Yeah. And uh so it's it's a it's a nice little nod and a wink that like, oh, the DM is giving you this information, huh? Yeah. Do you get it? But she but she's talking like like a stereotypical British old lady. She's like, yes, oh, they, oh, babies. They want to give me brain, they do, and me lucky charms. Yeah, that's that's a stereotypical British woman. I realized right there. how bad my British accent was halfway through and diverted into lucky charms like I should have. I took care of it, John. <laughs> Handled. I realized my own shortcomings and diverted appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> now for my Russian accent. Oh, 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 I am from Russia, don't you know? <laughs> Uh, I hope several stripes of white paint fall across your shirt to make it look like a stereotypical Russian laborer's shirt. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was so well done. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, she gives you the, the rundown on pretty much what all of the various invaders are and what's going on. Yes. And then the book does that like five more times. Yeah, because it does it with stats and then without stats and then with what they're doing all the time. Yeah, it gives and you like, okay, here's the in-character one and then here's one that just tells you out of character but it's the exact same information. Then here's one with all the stats for them. Then here's one with setting appropriate things of like, well, this is what they're doing. Yeah. And you're like, just stop. I don't care. You don't need to tell me what a black eye is Again. like 12 times. So, okay, let's run through the list real quick of the monsters of this game because there's surprisingly few of them because this is this is the thing about this game that's so fascinating. It's basically like a whole game made out of one fake horror movie. Yeah, I mean, we've looked at some horror stuff before, mm -hmm. but this is really one story. Yeah. Like, they aren't going, oh, you can use this horror setting for, you know, whatever type of weird horror thing you want. They're like, oh, no, there is one specific story you can do. Yeah, this is like the story of Clive Barker's unmade movie, Other Side, or something like that. Oh, yes, 100%. Like, there's no reason why this is its own thing and not a supplement for some other system. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it completely. But, you know, as far as making... Because we're always talking about how small-focused games are a good idea. Like, that's a regular thing I am pushing on this show. Yes. Is small-focused games are a good idea. I, I guess... So, I mean, this that's what this is. But I don't like it very much, so I'm like, what happened? What went wrong? <laughs> I, I think the problem with this is the story you can tell is very narrow. Yeah. And it's not just that we're focused on one aspect or, you know, one particular type of setting. It's there is one story you can tell. You will tell that story, and then you're done. And the problem is... Once you're done, it's hard to revisit this setting. Especially because the game specifically says you should run this for one-shots. If you use experience and let your characters get better, they will get too good to be in this world. Which is weird because the going into the other dimension, which is sort of what the finale of a like run of this should be, mm -hmm. is just suicide. Yeah, no, it's just a it's it's a slow crawl towards death. By the way, speaking of things that are too good to be in this world. Whatever happened to NCSoft's City of Heroes MMO? Uh, well, they NCSoft is making a MOBA, and uh, Statesman is in it. Oh, well, I guess there's my answer. So one character from NCSoft's City of Heroes will be in some MOBA that I'm sure I will never play. Yes. Well, great. Does that mean I can never get my great characters like Dr. Von Checkerboard back? Nope. Well, fuck them then. Yep. 
I think <laughs> I think that's our general consensus is NCSoft. Fuck them then. Yeah. <laughs> they canceled this MMO without letting anyone know. They were just like, oh, by the way, you've got a week to get out. Go. Yeah. We're going to make one of those Korean-style MMOs where everyone's got everyone plays as a weird naked angel, and uh, you have to grind a thousand hours to get level two. Yay. Woo. So, anyway... Sorry about that. Now, back to this fucking game. So, uh, so yeah, let's go through the list of monsters. So, the sort of main ones that a lot of things center around are the black eyes. Yeah, you really need these black eyes for the whole economy of the other dimension to work. Black eyes are robot floaty orbs that fly around and observe things. Yeah, they are what go around scanning the objects or people or animals that are going to be replicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as mentioned, the reason that the Anonymous have masks and stuff is that the black eyes can't scan you uh, if they can't get a read on what your features actually are. Yes, and apparently they only do face reading. Like They can't recognize you by things like your gait or your fingerprints or your pose. Well, they have to scan it and then take that information back. Now, the weird thing is... They do full, complete replicas, mm-hmm. but I have to imagine they're scanning people while they're in clothes, so how do they know like what my dongus looks like? Oh, everyone knows what your dongus looks well, like, Well, I John. mean, yes, everyone knows what my dongus looks yeah, like. Yeah, because you put it on the internet. I put it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, in your house, just everywhere. Then <laughs> <laughs> this thing needs my dongus on it. There we go. And, uh, whoop, there we are. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be tricky. Ceiling fan. Okay, I can hmm. do this. I just need to stop and think creatively. <laughs> you know, I just got to work smarter, not harder. If you know what I mean, a dongus. <laughs> There's a Tim Robbins lecture somewhere about this exact situation. <laughs> John, I want you to stop and think for a second. What you need to do is get your dick on that guy's ceiling fan. Now, stop and visualize the steps between you and success. <laughs> I, I'm just going to put out in the universe that I want my dick on that ceiling fan. It's the secret. <laughs> I've got a vision board. It's a bunch of pictures of my dicks and ceiling fans. My dicks. Yes. <laughs> my various and sundry dicks. <laughs> All right, so black eyes are semi-sentient. Yeah, so they can they can, they can go around and scan things and do whatever. Uh, they have a giant wealth of knowledge in them that they then bring back to the uh, other side for replication. Yeah, uh, they have the they are the only one of the other side races that can pop back and forth between dimensions. They do this by creating little warp holes that last for a couple of seconds, which they pop back into the other side. Yeah, they can create tears in reality, and, I mean, just to reiterate this, no one can see the tear in reality, and mm-hmm. no one can see any of these creatures unless you are one of these anonymous, and even then, there is still a role to notice things. Yes. And it is based on your awareness plus paranoia stat. Yes, so your so, mental illness matters. You have to control these three mental illness scores... Not just to see how your character is deteriorating, but also because as they get crazier, they get better at certain aspects of the game. Yeah, your initiative is determined by your violence score. Mm-hmm. And your uh, a lot of your skills have to add their plus immorality value. Yeah, and then it also uh, is wi- will rolls in order to get past it. So let's say I have a violence of two. It means... You know, I might beat up a guy, but I, I wouldn't hurt a normal human. Yeah, you like, beat at up all. a doppelganger. But you wouldn't kill a doppelganger. No, I have to get to violence level four before I would kill a replica. Yes, which is re- weird because your whole job is killing replicas. 
So this is kind of an interesting thing about the insanity, if we could digress for a second. We didn't talk about how you pick your insanity scores. There are three of them. Insanity uh, are divided up into violence, paranoia, and immorality. And you don't have to roll for them or set, uh, set aside priorities for them or anything like that. You just choose where you would like them to be on a scale of one to five, with the sole exception that you can't have fives in all three. Yeah, because if you have fives in all three, your character is irredeemably insane and cannot be played. Yes, but you can put them wherever you want at the start of the game, uh, except at zero or at five. So you end up with a score anywhere between, because your uh, mental imbalance score is an average of these three things, you end up with an imbalance between one and, and 12. Um, well, no, it's it's the I'm average sorry. of it, yeah, between yeah, so one, one and four. five. Yeah, well, five would be impossible. Well, yeah. So your 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 five would be done. Yeah, you're you're a crazy person. You're too too crazy. You are too, too, you are too legit to quit. Yeah, you're too legit, too legit to quit. Hey hey. <laughs> so, uh, God, you know that was the first album I ever listened to on my CD player, and uh, nerd. I know, I know. I bought when I bought my discman. I bought uh, Michael Jackson's Dangerous and MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit at wow. the same time. And I enjoyed the Too Legit to Quit, but then I put on the MC or the Michael Jackson Dangerous and it has that black or white song that starts with that skit. Uh-huh. You know, a little skit where like Macaulay Culkin's got his dad John Goodman banging on the door and telling him to be quiet. Yeah. Well, I was so put off by the rich sounds and stereo quality of a discman and headphones that I thought my dad was literally yelling at me through the door. <laughs> I was 12 or 13, and I was blown away by magic technology. I had to dive to get away from the train in the movie theater. Wow. That, 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 that was a moment that actually happened to me, where, where John Goodman pounding on a door, and I was like, Dad, relax. I'm just listening to music. Gah! <laughs> and then Macaulay Culkin said much the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. So, so that's, that's a moment of Jeff's young childhood life for you, from me, Jeff. <laughs> the listeners. The, for me, the listeners. <laughs> uh, okay, so... So yeah, the black eyes are the means of transport and also will occasionally serve as sort of overseers for certain things. Uh, particularly, there is a type of weird other cider called the skitter bug. Yes. The skitter bug is not really sentient on its own, like it relies on getting directions from the black eye to do anything. Yes. And they're the ones that are normally used to get large objects. Like, if a black eye scans an entire building and they are going to replicate that building, then the skitterbugs are the ones that will show up and brick by brick replace it. Yeah, so a skitterbug is a maggot that's about six feet long that is on four spindly legs with two more long spindly arms coming out of the front. Yeah, and it's got like four segments per leg. Uh huh. No eyes. And just big gooey holes at both ends of the maggot body. Uh, one of them is used to put things into a hammer space contained within it. The other is used to take things out of a hammer space contained within it. Yeah. Uh, and they they show up here on Earth with enough junk in their hammer space butthole to build like part of a building. And ten or fifteen of them will show up at once and just start building buildings. Yeah. Under the auspices and direction of several black eyes. Uh, keep in mind that any one of these skitterbugs is more than a match for a party of adventurers. Yeah, the, the skitter bugs themselves are... Big and dangerous and stupid. They've got, like... Because their claws are supposed to be sharp enough that they can, like, cut bricks out of a building and do stuff like that. Yeah. So if they swipe you with that, ow. Yeah. Uh, and then the big thing with them is if you can take out whatever the black eye that's managing them, then they just kind of go limp or continue to do whatever the last instruction was. So here's, here's a weird thing about this game. Um, 
it's designed to basically foil any thought you had about how to play it at every turn. So if you're like, oh, okay, well, I can take these things out by taking out the black eye. The next, the next thing you're going to read is, what are black eye stats? Oh, they're like impossible to hurt. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, they are actually literally impossible to kill, mm-hmm. uh, but you if you hit them with enough blunt damage, then they... Shut down for a second. Yeah, they like shut down or just lose whatever, and they... There's a uh, black eye that, like, the Anonymous have that they use to go back and forth, which is a malfunctioning one they call Igor. Yes, they have one called Igor. That's the that's how specific this game is. If you want to go to the other side, you have to use this one NPC they've created. You can't do a new story about that. There's one broken black eye that you can go use somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, but to do enough uh, blunt damage to them requires an insane effort on the part of the party. And it has to be done in a single damage hit or single hit because they have a huge amount of resistance. Well, yeah, you're going to have to have a weapon that is one of the replicated ones so you yeah. can do extra damage. But you basically need a replicated bomb <laughs> in order to get this done. Yeah, so it's uh, not likely. No, most of this game is built that way. It's all built around the concept of, yeah, you could probably do this if you could overcome these ridiculous stats we gave all these five monsters that exist. You can't, though, so, you know, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, other ones that show up in our world, there are... Uh, uh, boogeymen. The, yeah, there's the boogeymen, which are guys who just look like people. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that is, is because they are stalkers. Uh, and the reason that it, you know, even though they're invisible like all the other ones, they look like people because a normal person can see one of these other siders if they come into contact with it. Yes, if they touch it, they briefly see it. Yeah, so... Because the boogeymen stalk people and are normally like in crowds and whatnot, they're going to be much more likely to be touched. Mm-hmm. So they look fairly normal. Yeah, they look kind of like people. And their job is to stalk people around who are about to be basically uh, hijacked or, or replaced. Yeah, and they psychically drive them insane. Yes, so that they're ready to be transplanted and replaced. Uh one more thing about the black eyes. When black eyes scan you, if they decide that you are going to be sent to uh, to the other side, like to be replaced, they will leave a crackling blue energy aura around you that only especially paranoid Anonymous can see. Yeah, so the things that have been scanned have a blue aura. The things that have, have been, been replaced, replaced are red. Yes, so if you're fairly paranoid, you start being able to see these auras, which, which they use the more paranoid members of their group to find the things in the world that need to be destroyed. Yeah. Because the whole point of the Anonymous is to go around destroying all the shit that the Anonymous or the other siders replace. Yeah. Even though they don't have any clue as to why these replications are happening or what's going on with it, they're just like, well, we got to destroy it. Yeah, because the enemy is the standard implacable alien enemy where no one ever tells, like, there's no one on the other side that tells you what's going on. No. Uh, so the other things, the boogeyman runs around driving people crazy so that they can be kidnapped and replaced. Mm -hmm. There's the shadow crew, Uh which are there to get sort of medium sized objects. They are, they're like the opposite of Santa. They are, uh, like jelly filled sacks of shadow. Yeah. So normally Santa has a bowl full of jelly for a stomach. And these things are giant bowls full of jelly that have a Santa in their stomach. Yeah, they're just a little Santa well, in their stomach. Well, they're, because they're, they're steal a Santa every time they come here to our world. Every so time. So they're literally the opposite of Santa Claus, every yeah. one of them. Yeah, they show up, they steal all of your Santas. <laughs> they're the Santa stealers. 
Yeah. Coming this summer to uh, theaters near you. Oh, man. That is my favorite team, the Santa Steelers. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, this, the, the shadow people are goop protoplasm monsters that take medium-sized junk back to the other side. Yeah, because they always show up. The reason they're shadow crew is because there's always at least two of them, usually two to four. Yes. And they'll be like, all right, the two of us are going to take this couch or whatever. Right. Now, the last one of the monsters that shows up here on Earth is the newest one, and they've been introduced by the other side because of the existence of Anonymous, who they've become aware of. And these are guys who were built solely and exclusively to hunt members of Anonymous, and they are called the Jigsaw Men. Yeah, the Jigsaw Men are pretty much Odo from DS9. They can turn into any inanimate object. They're also kind of the shapers from Rift's Vampire Kingdoms, and that when they turn into a humanoid, they can't quite turn into one. They have to turn into a whole bunch of different animals at once, so they have to be like, my face is a pig's face, but I have crab hands. Yeah, they they can't quite get the I look like a regular human down. Yeah. So they pretty much either look like a inanimate object perfectly. Yeah, they can do that. They can be a blender, no problem. Yeah, and they do have the red aura, so Anonymous will see one of these jigsaw men and go like, Oh, that's some, like, paperweight that has been replicated. I should destroy it. I'll bonk it with my bonk stick. And they'll come up and, like, pick it up and be like, all right, let's go get this out of here. And then it'll turn into a big dude that wants to kill them. Yeah. Be but like, it, oh, it, no, a dude with an elephant trunk and giraffe nose. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I've got, like, tiger claws and a wolf mouth. Yeah. Okay. So they turn into these monsters. The most interesting thing about them is, in addition to the fact that they exist just to hunt uh, Anonymous, the way they do that is that they have tiny black eyes instead of eyes. Yeah, so the uh, they have tiny little scanners, and their whole purpose is they get into combat with one of the Anonymous, rip the mask off, and then scan them. Yes, their whole purpose is to get in with you. They're not trying to kill you, they just want to scan you. Yes, because that way they're like, great, once I've scanned one of these guys, we can replicate and try and replace them. Yeah. So they're very dangerous things that exist to catch Anonymous, and they are ludicrously good at it. Yeah, the... <sighs> like I keep saying, the problem with this game is it is relentlessly horror-themed, like too much, to the point where it's like, why am I playing this? No, the, the problem is, even the stuff that's on this side, which the stuff that comes to Earth is not the most dangerous stuff. Like, once you go to the other dimension, it's even worse. Yeah. Which means... That since the stuff that's coming to Earth is still, like, you need a full party to take on maybe one of these. Yeah. Once you go to other side, you just, there's no reason. There's no point in you doing it because you will accomplish nothing. Yeah, you can't accomplish things while you're over there. You can't bring, bring people back. You can break stuff while you're over there, I guess, if you wanted to. But you can't really bring, bring people back. Well, you, you can. The big thing with this is, and the reason they kill the replicants, even though... The, uh, the replicated people don't know that they've been replicated. They are exactly the same as whoever they got scanned. So it's basically just a new version of that person, just like a clone. Yeah. But you can't bring anything back from other side as long as whatever the thing it is replicated is still around. Right. So let's say that they, they steal the president and you want to go get the president back. And I, I guess that means it's either a year ago or three years from now. <laughs> uh, so you've decided to go and rescue the, the president. Um, to do this, you first have to kill the president in this universe and then go back to wherever the hell Igor is, pop over into the other dimension, and, oh boy, wait till we describe the other dimension for you because it's a hoot, uh, find the president among the piles of uh, pitch black garbage that are there, 
and then find another black eye that's going to pop open a hole to your reality so you can leave. Well, usually they'll just set a timer for like, another. hey, Igor you hole. guys are going to be there for like an hour, and then we're going to open up a portal from Igor again. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so those are all the monsters that exist on this side. Yeah. Uh, and, and that sets the tone of the general game. Your character slowly goes insane because they can't ever not wear a mask, and they can't stop hunting invisible monsters. Now, um, the, the thing is there are also... The ramifications for, like, uh, if you're one of the people who tries to ignore this, like, oh, okay, I've got this site, but I just don't want to care about it, then the GM is basically encouraged to fuck with your life, mm-hmm. uh, as well as there are the non-monster antagonists. So, like, the oh, police yeah. who show up when you're destroying some replicated item or trying to beat up some replicated guy. Yeah, and then there's a conspiracy theory human group that's trying to prove that you are, like, evil somehow. Yeah, there's there's the third eye, which is a, like, tabloid online thing, and they alternate between thinking that the Anonymous are a LARP group or that they're fighting aliens or just a whole bunch of nonsense. Right. So, uh... Here's here's the fun part. Let's let's talk about what happens when you teleport to the other side. Oh, the other side. So the other side is giant a giant grid of 50-foot high walls that are 20 feet thick surrounding 10 square miles each of piles of garbage and crazy starving people. Yeah. So when the things get dropped off on other side, the people on other side aren't using our objects for anything. They're just replicating them, which means they just drop them through a hole into this reality and forget about them. Yes. Uh, same thing with people. Yes. So they- they'll just replicate a person and then plop them down into one of these giant grids and be like, done. Yeah. So the people there, the one thing, food doesn't get replicated. I mean, it can, but mostly doesn't because it's going to be consumed or go bad so quickly that the surgeoneers, the people who do the replicating, don't really care. Yeah, so it's rare for food to get replicated, but every once in a while, something like a whole fridge will get replicated with the food inside of it. But more likely, what it, the food is going to be is animals that have been replicated or other people. Yeah, humans that are too weak to fight you off. Water bubbles to the surface there. Gross water bubbles up so people can find water, but otherwise they're mostly just slowly starving to death and forming gangs and being ignored by the monsters there because what the fuck are they going to do? They're just some random humans with nothing stuck in a world full of useless garbage. Yeah. Uh, so when you jump to the other world, that's what you see, if you could see it at all. The world's mostly pitch black, except that the walls glow a little bit. So well, the, can... the walls have spotlights. Yes. And then... There's evil fog. There's red fog, which is the byproduct of the replication process, and it glows. And the thicker the fog is, the brighter it is. But in case you were like, great, I'll stick near the fog, the fog also makes you go crazy. Yep. <sighs> There's... I want to say, uh, of this book, which is maybe 70 pages long, a whole page is given over to the rules required from jumping over the fence to get to the other side of a fence. Which is hilarious to me, because the whole thing is like, well, you can't burrow through it because it's it's 20 feet thick, and by the time you made any progress, a spotlight would come over you, so you can try and get over it, but there's patrols of what's called Razorbacks. Which are 30-foot tall, super evil pigmen. Yeah, they have crazy amounts of damage and are just if you fight one then like four more are going to show up though fighting one is ridiculously stupid yes and Um, so they patrol regularly and patrol regularly i mean like video game regularly like 
the rules are like one of these pig things walks by every three rounds. Every 90 seconds, one of these infinite number of boar monsters come by. Yeah, and it's also got a... There is a sweeping spotlight that will go by the wall every whatever round. Every 10 seconds, yeah. So you have to make checks to either not be where the spotlight is, or if you're climbing, you have to just randomly determine where the spotlight hits and whether it's where you are. Yeah, with the rule saying that, that it will hit you on the second turn no matter what you do. I don't know why. So, uh. so here's the thing. It takes... All these rules, all these weird rules about the, the patrol uh, of these razor bore backs, the speed at which razorbacks call more razorbacks, the speed at which random black eye patrols find you and then alert the razorbacks, uh, the depth of the wall, the speed of the spotlights, and it's all so you can get to the other side of a wall into another identical grid. Yeah. Every wall that you climb, you go over and there is an, ad- an ad- additional 10 square mile, completely the same, just crapping people in it so unless there is you know for certain that whatever person or thing you're trying to find is in specifically like one grid over Mm -hmm. then maybe you try it but most of the time there is zero reason to do this and and you wouldn't you wouldn't know that they're over there because because it's not like the grids are numbered or even uh, correlate in any way to the location of where your portal drops you. Well, the uh, the portals in that get opened in our world always correspond to the exact same place in other side. The problem is the only place that Anonymous knows is Igor's always in the same spot, so he opens to the same place in the same grid every time. Yeah. But you have no idea, like, oh well, this guy got captured across town. Is that? I don't know which direction that would be in well, it, this weird yeah. grid. It's is it ten miles away? I don't know. If it's ten miles away, he might be in this part of this grid. Uh, so this the, the Razorbacks are one of the two monsters that are unique to the other side. The other one is the Surgeoneers, and uh, you're not going to encounter them. They are. Uh, oh wait, that's not true. No, they, there they are a couple of failed monsters they yeah, also made. They have failed experiments, and the thing is, the failed experiments are way more dangerous than the other stuff. Like there are serpent men; they are blind, but it doesn't matter because they see by sonar. And they're like, oh well, if you like take a bat to their throat and stop them from talking, they can't see. Oh, by the way, to do this is like minus twelve to hit, and uh, they'll just get out of the way. And they have a ridiculously strong like powerful attacks as well as a venom that if they hit you makes you go crazy and claw your own eyes out Uh uh-huh so if you're thinking oh well what about team tactics or just getting higher level well here's your here's your immediate reminder that this game does not have an xp system and that you're supposed to play it with three to four players yeah so the whole game is basically just how does your character die the horror movie uh which you know that's kind of interesting i mean it's it's certainly a thing you could do. They sure put a lot of work into it. For the, the for weird thing is, a lot of this book assumes that you will be successful at doing crazy nonsense. Yes, that's that's pretty true. Like the whole thing is like, oh yeah, so uh, the finale of your game should be people going to other side, infiltrating. There's a factory that every single one of these little squares in the grid yeah. leads to because it just sort of it's, it's basically a TARDIS. It takes up every space. Yeah. Uh, the but, same factory is in all the grids. And it's bigger on the inside than it could be. So you go in there, and it, of course, is also patrolled by the Razorbacks and Black Eyes and all these crazy nonsense things. And mm-hmm. if you even manage to get to where some Surgeoneers are, they have the power to craft reality out of thin air. Yep. 
And also, you know, summon Razorbacks and Black Eyes and whatnot. Yes. So, uh, and it's not like you need to kill them or anything, because killing them is pointless. Well, yeah, you're like, oh, good, I killed three of these surgeoneers. What did that do? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing you could possibly do in their factory is try to kill them, I guess, or try to rescue people that are in there for some reason, and they won't be, because that's they don't take their garbage into the buildings. No, they do replicate things in there, so you could be like, oh, I'm going to go in here and... They've got a, like, waiting for transport replica of some guy, and I'm going to kill that replica so it, I don't know, inconveniences them slightly? <laughs> yeah, and that's supposed to be your finale, but this is all shit that you couldn't possibly do, so it's like, what? why is it even here? Why are, we, why are we even talking about it? But, like, one of the finale things it says in there is like, well, maybe they destroy the factory. I'm like, the hell you say? What did they do that let them do that? What did, what did they bring a nuke with them? What are you talking about? <laughs> my career is nuke-having guy. Yeah, that was my career. I'm the guy who has a nuke. I have the nuke that they made another side, so it does deal, it deals double damage to other siders. Yeah. It cost me all of my starting points. My character is otherwise a worm. <laughs> uh, I bequeath it to one of the other players. Uh, I will be back with a different character. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, that's... I mean, it's a neat... Here's the thing. That's a cool concept for a horror movie. Man, you show me that the horror movie and it's done kind of like uh, like some Cenobite stuff with these weird surgeoneers and they're all gross and they keep making weird monsters and there's... I mean, it's it's a lot of different neat horror movie trappings from a lot of different neat horror movies and it would be a good, like, Clive Barker movie or something. Oh, yeah. There's a, uh, a horror movie that I actually watched this past year uh, that was... I forget what it's called. They Look Like Us. Mm-hmm. And it's... Pretty much this, someone going kind of crazy thinking that people have been replaced by these weird alien whatevers. It's pretty much a movie about Capra Syndrome. Yeah. I mean, this would make a great second and third season of Stranger Things. Like, it is it is a super creepy idea for a movie. That movie was great. The idea of someone, like, losing their grip on reality and not sure if the monsters they see are real or not, or... You know, if they're just being paranoid, like that sort of building tension is a great idea for a controlled single story that you watch and is done immediately. Yeah. But this reads like someone wrote a screenplay. The screenplay was summarily rejected. And he was like, well, I wrote all this stuff. I got to do something with it. Oh, yeah. This is like Exquisite Replicas was a movie and he just took out all the exterior and then just went, okay, great. Here we go. Instead, here are some stats. Yeah. And so, the, the thing is, the stats show up so infrequently, this book is like 80% just setting information, and the setting information is repeated at forever. Yeah. So, effectively, we what we're basically describing to you is a great idea for a movie, not all that useful as a role-playing game. There are some interesting ideas in there, but they're ideas for a very specific type of game. Like, for example, let's say your character would like to kill a guy who is attacking him but your violence rating isn't high enough, and this guy isn't even a doppelganger. He's a regular human who's attacking you because you're a weird mask monster. Uh, so you say, I'm going to shoot at him. And the DM says, well, your violence isn't high enough. You have to roll against your violence to see if you can even fight with this guy. Okay, I will roll. I have successfully rolled high enough on my violence to fight with this guy. Okay, you can, but now you have to roll some more. Let's roll to see if that violence at Grace is permanent or if you manage to kind of deal with it and internally rationalize why you did that and your violence your violence score does not go up yeah uh and if your violence score goes up well you're closer to death my friend because the moment you hit fives and all three of those insanity stats your character is unplayably crazy yes so the <laughs> the weird thing to me is like i'm 
they do have some rules for lowering them. They're like, oh, if you yeah, get there's like therapy and stuff. Yeah, if you get psychiatric help or whatever, and you spend like several months trying to do this, you can lower certain stats. How are you doing that? What's the universe where your character who can't go to work every day is able to find psychiatric care? Yeah, well, you know, you walk into some psychiatric office just wearing a mask, and you're like, hi, I'd like to see the uh, the doctor. Thank you. Hi, do you have one of those movie doctors who's willing to see me because I'm an interesting challenge? Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that'd be great. That's perfect. Yeah. The <laughs> the other weird thing in this is it has Game Master advice at the end, and most of it is very, you know, standard, hey, try and set a scene that is interesting. Try to give your players things to do. You yeah. know, very basic Game Master stuff, but the very end of it is, so why are the Surgeoneers making these replicas? And they're like, well, we don't know, and the GMs should feel free to make up whatever reason. Here are some reasons, and a couple of them are, you know, very meh, like, oh, they're doing an invasion, and they need, uh, like, matter from Earth is for some reason shitty, and they need more replica matter in order to come to our reality. Right. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also one that is that they, uh, the Surgeoneers are just obsessed with making something perfect, and the only thing they can do perfectly is replication. Like, the creatures that exist, all these other side creatures, are just them trying to make something themselves and failing. Right. And then the third one that I love is the idea that it is the rapture, and that all of the people that are being replicated and taken, uh, their body is what's being deposited in other other side, but their soul is being taken away. <laughs> and the reason there are replicas is so that <laughs> the people that aren't being raptured don't notice. Oh my gosh, that's great. The idea that the rapture would take place by a bunch of weird monsters that will happily eviscerate anyone who notices them. Oh, dude, I, I love it because I'm like, well, I mean, I can almost get behind it because... You know, canonically, angels look like weird fucking monsters. Yeah, but they look cano like canonical monsters. They don't look like these at all. They're like, I'm a chair made of wings. <laughs> I'm a bunch of lights and a wheel. Yeah, and so then they were also like, and then at the end of the game, you get to reveal to your players that they've been fighting against God this whole time and trying to <laughs> save people that are just completely good and getting taken to heaven. You're like, wow. Uh, the, the other problem is that for that to work, the rapture people would have to be good people. Yes. And, and, and instead, it's just random whoever's. Well, it says it's random, but in this, it would be, you'd have to get to a point where you're like, oh, and here's the big reveal. Everyone that you've been trying to save is actually a good person. Okay. It doesn't matter. All we're doing is trying to save their, their bodies. Well, at least we're not me. We're not a net negative on this whole process. <laughs> In that situation, you're like, hey, I, I accidentally rescued a, a, a weird, crazy corpse. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Yeah. All right. So I think we should probably wrap this bad boy up. We need to talk about our favorites and least favorites of uh, Exquisite Replicas. Yeah, uh, that sounds fine. Okay, great. So, John, what would you say is your absolute favorite thing about Exquisite Replicas, the role-playing game of Anonymous versus Weird Monsters from Space? Or, I guess, from another dimension. Yeah. Where everything is boring. <laughs> uh, I'd say... I, God, can I take both as the same thing? Sure, fine. I don't care. Okay. You want to see your favorite and least favorite thing or one thing? Yes. All right, fire away. So the the whole fact that the game is pretty much this uh, Capgris delusion as a game, uh -huh. it, it is a thing where on the surface I look at it and I go, this is terrifying, and to try and role play within this space 
would be very evocative. Yeah, legitimately creepy, but at the same time, and I'm pretty sure I know where you're going at the other side. Yeah, at the same time, man, that feels really offensive to be like, we're going to just sort of make light of this and be like, oh, yeah, they're just fighting weird invisible monsters. Woo! Yeah, I mean, imagine a game where AIDS gave you superpowers. Yeah. I'm HIV positive. That's why I can see the aliens. Well, I mean, it's the same thing of being like, oh, what's this? Well, uh, I'm playing in a game, and this is a lot of times that I've seen this is I have mania. And what that means is I just get a bonus to like combat and weird thing. I'm like, no, no, do not turn a mental illness into a superpower. Ooh, but it's only minus 5% to uh, operate delicate machinery, John. But that's I totally worth plus it for three plus to initiative. That's, that's a pretty good trade off. I'll play a little crazy for that. Ooh. Yeah. And it, it also, the fact that they're trying to, Make it be like, yeah, we. There's no way, way to know, and you just start going crazier. I'm like, just don't, don't, don't do this. So, I, I appreciate the idea of being in that space, but I, I just do not like the execution of it. So, I'm, I would feel much better as a movie with this because then all you'd be doing is exploring that idea. Yeah. Whereas this is like we turned it into a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. To play it, play it as a game requires a lot of investing yourself into this mental space, uh, which can be a little... I feel like it'd be tr- tough to trust people to play respectfully with something that's a horrifying mental disorder Yes, for together for like four hours. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's no point where I'm like, oh, looks like you rolled poorly on the random table, Jeff. You've got Wernicke's aphasia. Oh, shit, that, that's, my, that's the scariest of thing to me. <laughs> of, all, of all the weird mental disorders that affect like one in every 130 million people, you know, the one that's scariest to me is Wernicke's aphasia. Yeah. That's, the, I mean, I know you know the name because I talked about this before the show. Uh, Wernicke's aphasia is the one, you probably knew it from before oh, yeah. then too. You know all your aphasias and shit. Um, Wernicke's aphasia is the one where you wake up one day and everything that people say to you and the things you uh, everything that people say to you is nonsense. You can no longer understand the things that other people say or write and you think you're talking to them even though they're all speaking crazy gibberish to you, but you're not. You're saying crazy gibberish to them. Your language all breaks. Yeah, just your language center is completely broken and it also tends to affect writing, so you can't even be like, "All right, well at least I can write notes to people. I'll just pretend I'm deaf." Yeah. Nope. There is nothing scarier to me than that, because you're still fully aware. In your own mind, you're like, I know what's going on, or or, I don't know what's going on, but I am able to process what is happening around me. I am seeing my friends, and my friends are saying gibberish to me, and when I talk to them, they just shrug. Yeah, it is is a weird, terrible thing that you're like, oh, I'm just sort of trapped in a nightmare dimension where I can't understand anything. Exactly. Like, I feel like if I was absolutely convinced that you had been replaced with a replica, I'd eventually get over it. (laughs) I'd be like, well, John's a terrifying alien from another universe, but you know what? I need the Patreon, so... (laughs) So, uh, how you doing, John? (laughs) And you'd be like, I am well, thank you. And I'd be like, yeah, I wish you'd talk like a normal person instead of messing with me even though I have this. <laughs> I wish you would not fuck with me like I, that. You know, it's bad enough that I'm fairly convinced that you're Cthulhu, but could you please... <laughs> yes, let us record the podcast, and after that, let us consume brains. I mean burgers. Burgers, we will consume brains. I mean burgers. Yes, let us go to the giant wasp pillar. <laughs> I don't want to go to a giant wasp pillar. I assume you mean an in and out <laughs> Yes. Please stop. I have a terrifying disorder. (laughs) 
Yeah, so that there you go. That is my my best and worst in this book is pretty much the same thing. So let's let's get yours. Sure. Okay. My favorite thing about this game is the story concept. Uh, I think it's a really interesting story and would make a great book or movie. Uh, I like the monsters. They're very inventive and thought out. Uh, it's neat that it's such a limited palette of monsters. You know, it's yeah. like it's not like there's going to be a monster manual for this game because these are the only things from that other dimension. I mean, there could be like, oh, the Surgeoneers created some new thing. I guess, but I like the idea of a limited palette, a limited suite of things from which to, to tell your story because it's an interesting hindrance. It's an mm-hmm. interesting way to write a game. So I'm a fan of that. I like the minimalism present here. Uh, what I don't like is that the game has a whole bunch of rules for combat and climbing walls and getting w- being willing to punch people and so on, but the only things it presents you with for it, those things are virtually impossible for you to do anyway. Well, yeah, because like, the people that you make, I mean, unless you really want to put your main thing into your stats to make you amazing at whatever, mm-hmm. and even then, you'd probably have to be like, all right, a main physical, secondary occupation... I'm going to go third into the gear because like, it doesn't matter if I'm smart as long yeah, as I'm gonna, I can hit. I'm going to get some gear and maybe a couple more points and beating things up. And then my last thing's in mental because I don't care. Well, like the best thing you could possibly do is work as a team and have one guy take top physical and top occupation. Another guy take top gear so we can be like <laughs> so here. So he can be riding around in some sort of Porsche. Well, no. But, oh, yeah. He can take top gear so he can get, constantly get in trouble on British media. And I don't know why because I don't give a shit. <laughs> It's because he punched a producer. Oh, is that what it is? I don't yeah. even remember which one of them it is. I don't remember. There's there's three Brit- British guys who look exactly like every other British guy, which is to say kind of like a shaggy math teacher. Yeah, you and know. they're famous for driving cars or something. Yeah, you, you got uh, J- Jeremy Corbyn and yeah, yeah. David Mitchell. Yeah, Jeremy Corbyn, the prime, not the prime minister, the, the leader of the Labour Party, I think. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. Uh, yeah, you got Jeremy Corbyn, David Mitchell, and... Uh, uh, Siffle or, or uh, Cecil the Seasick Sea Serpent and and Gene Shallot. Yeah, Gene Shallot, <laughs> Br- British Gene Shallot, British Gene Shallot, also <laughs> known as just Gene Shallot. I don't like this movie, Governor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So they'll never get my lucky charms. <laughs> Jeff's British accent gets better by the day. Oh, just always improving. It's amazing to me the way you work on this crap. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> so that's what I know about Top Gear. It's three standard range ugly British dudes who are super famous for being like dicks and for getting to drive interesting cars. Yep. That's pretty much the whole thing. There you go. All right. So, uh, okay. What was I saying? My least favorite thing in this game is that the stats and so on, while innovative and well put together, are largely pointless because this game is about implacable horror. Yeah. The, the fact that almost everything you would go ahead and fight is just murderously dangerous yeah is not the best i mean it's one thing if you go like oh yeah like jigsaw men are one of those things where it's a super big threat or you know the uh the, the skitter the skitterbugs will be dangerous because they come in packs yeah but when you look at it you're like oh no one of these dudes could fuck my shit up and there's, there's always four of them yeah yeah so it's 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 weird i mean I understand why they're doing it, because it's supposed to be scary. Like, you're not supposed to fight everything you meet. You're supposed to run away from a lot of it. But then you go, go and look at the runaway chart, and it's just a coin flip until the monster catches you. <laughs> it's, like, not even an interesting, like, oh, you you managed to evade him this round, but he is still pursuing you, so flip another coin to see if he catches you next round. All right, so inevitably he catches me and, and tears me up. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's, uh, it. I think it leans a little too heavy into the the bleak uh 
like unstoppable yeah. horror. Yeah. So, well, you know, there's something that's a, that's an okay genre. I just don't know if it's an okay genre to play as a role playing game for for more than once. Yeah, that like I said, it's this would be something where if this came out as you know, like a micro RPG that is specifically like, oh yeah, I just made this so you could play it once, and yeah. it's an interesting concept. I'd be like, okay, two hundred words to make this game. There are five kinds of horrible monsters. One of them is constantly replacing things here on Earth. You need to bl- kill those things and kill people they replace and try and kill the monsters. You may cry if you want to. <laughs> and the Roll. problem is buying an entire book for this. I'm like, man, paying twenty dollars for this role playing game that you are going to play. You know, maybe a couple sessions, but one story. Yeah, I mean, I could see running this at conventions because then you only run it once to a bunch of weird pe- to a bunch of people who have never seen it before and will never see it again. Yeah, maybe you could keep shining that novelty at them, but then they'd just be mad because they because convention goers aren't like, I want to play in a bleak game where I definitely die. Oh yeah, I mean, the problem is you'd have to put that as your little blurb. Yeah, you're like, come join me in a game of unspeakable horror where you will definitely get wrecked yeah you will not win (laughs) you will 420 blaze it i have five hours at the table but we're only gonna need two (laughs) that's how long it'll take for me to kill all of you yay yeah so less if you're stupid (laughs) way less and hey think about it this way that means you can leave earlier and go get a hot dog (laughs) (laughs) and that's all that you care about man i'm selling myself right now that's i'm straight up selling myself on this game as a one specific thing this is what System Master will run at conventions because, damn it, hot dogs are delicious and they remain delicious. Yeah, be like, look, we've <laughs> we we set aside five hours for this. You guys are going to come in. I'm going to murder you immediately, and then we're going to go get hot dogs. And when I say that, I mean the whole group of us. Yeah, all seven of us are going to go get some fucking hot dogs. <laughs> That's part of the adventure. Come on, fellas. <laughs> get it together, you, guys. You want XP? Come with me to hot dog country. <laughs> the XP is represented by hot dogs. <laughs> now hot- eat it. <laughs> It's just like first edition D&D. You have to get a certain number of hot dogs to level up. <laughs> you don't need to fight the monsters. Just get them hot dogs. Oh, my God. Well, I've just thought of a new game, and let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. All right, so I think we can probably wrap this up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We still need to ask the question. John, would you play uh, Exquisite Replicas? I I, I feel, feel like-, like I would for the one shot, yeah. but it I, I, I don't know. It would depend on who's running it because, again, I feel like a lot of the... The themes of uh, like mental illness and like the that oppressive nature of you can't fight back against this mm-hmm. is one of those things that would take a GM that was very good to handle. Yeah, definitely. You need someone with a lot of skill at, at kind of selling that bleakness. Because ultimately, you're still going to be dealing with a standard table of role-playing game people, which means one of them's going to be sitting there making Monty Python references. Oh, yeah. You're going to sit there, like, eating Doritos and then cracking wise in this setting that really shouldn't have that happen. No, this is this is a game that relies heavily on character or player investment. Yes. Without, without heavy player investment, this game's going to rapidly devolve into a pointless exercise of people just making standard horror movie jokes. Yeah, so the... I think not only the GM who would have to be really good, but you'd ha- you'd have to get some players that were on board for the setting. Yeah, like oh, this horrible monster emerges from the mist. He looks gross, and he has black orbs of metal instead of eyes, and he starts scanning you and wailing. Oh, does he have such sh- sights to show me? <laughs> yeah the the whole idea of being at a table where people aren't taking it serious would make a game that I'm already sort of on the fence about and make it just unbearably bad yep pretty much 
I also would basically need a perfect situation in order to be willing to play this game. Yeah. I can pick a couple of people who I know as DMs who I would say I would allow to run this game. And then here's the problem. I would eliminate myself from that game. <laughs> yeah, you should not play this game. I can't take it seriously. I can't take any game seriously. That's not my play style. Exactly. So I would be, uh, even though I would totally be willing to play this game, I know in my heart of hearts, I am the worst thing that could happen to this game. Oh, yeah. I was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd need to have like a group of people that would actually be good for this. I would not want Jeff to play this with me. It's true. I, I mean, you don't want me to play most of your RPGs with you, but this is one where even I'm like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> I, I know my limitations. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, I would play this, but I'm not allowed to, and John would play this under very specific circumstances. Yep. And that wraps her up. So uh, let's talk about some other stuff, shall we, John? All right. So uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the System Mastery Podcast. As always, you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com or System Mastery on Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, or uh, most importantly to us, Patreon. If you like what you're listening and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. For the low cost of even $1, you get our bonus content, which is us making characters in even this game. Yep, we are about to make some exquisite replicas. We sure are. We're going to make some mask dudes. I'm going to try and make an actual anonymous guy, just some fat dude who's like really obsessed with the fappening. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's that's my plan. Just so you know. Just so you know, folks, that's my bonus content plan. Yeah, just so I'm, you know, I'm going to make a dude who just runs around in a Mardi Gras mask and throws beads at people. <laughs> Nice. We'll just both do mask jokes. That's all it's going to be. I'm playing a raccoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing an old-timey burglar. <laughs> an old-timey burglar and a raccoon versus the monsters of implacable red horror dimension. <laughs> I like their odds better than most of the other characters we've discussed. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I so, mean, I can get away from monsters by floating on the scent of a pie. <laughs> And no monster's going to attack a cute, friendly raccoon. Nah. Oh, look at him. He just lost his cotton candy in that water. <laughs> He's so sad. Where'd he doesn't go? know. Where'd his food go? He doesn't He doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> he looks like a bandit. <laughs> a little bandit. All right. So uh, as I was saying, the Patreon's a great place to go and support us. Uh, check out our other shows. We have our Movie Master, where we review movies, new and old. And then we also have our brand new show, Expounded Universe. Ah, yes, the Expounded Universe. Where John and I are uh, slowly but surely reading our way through the Star Wars Legends series of horrible, horrible novels. Yeah, I have... Never read a single one of them. Jeff has read several. I have read in the the vein of nearly 50. And so it is a new and terrifying experience, and I am being led through these horrid waters by Jeff. He is my, my boatman on this river sticks. Yep, I've put some coins over your eyes, and we are good to go. <laughs> right now, we are just, uh, just getting ready to record our second chapter, uh, or I'm sorry, our chapters four through six in our second episode of Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry. That's the one with Dash Rendar and Prince Shizor and the fairly good N64 game. Uh, and then after that, who knows? I know that this chap this book has 40 chapters in it, so we'll be on this one for a little while. Yep, and then we'll be going to something else. Something else, just horrible. Uh, the new show is a lot of fun. For the moment, it is right there at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, just like everything else. Check it out, give it a listen, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you, if you're a, uh, a subscriber, we'll see you in a couple of minutes with bonus content. Thank you so much, and have a good week.